You're listening to Green Mountain Medicine, an original podcast series by ACP Vermont for all things internal medicine. I'm Matt. I'm Dylan. And we're your hosts on tonight's show. This series aims to unpack the complexity of medicine in a nuanced and evidence-based way. And if that sounds like something you would enjoy, then we are happy you could join us. For the next half hour, we invite you to relax, grab some coffee, and engage with us as we deconstruct the topics that impact our field and characterize our practice. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to our fourth episode. Is that right, Dylan? It is, yeah, number four. Four episodes already. All right, well, this is our fourth episode of Green Mountain Medicine. Uh, it's my pleasure today to introduce our next guest speaker, uh, Dr. Alan Rep, um, or uh, better known to us as our boss and the ACP Vermont chapter governor. Uh, so a little bit about him. Dr. Alan Rep is a faculty here at the Lerner College of Medicine at UVM. Um, as well as in attending at the University of, Med- University of Vermont Medical Center. He went to medical school at the University of Texas Southwestern, proceeded to complete his residency, including a chief residency year at Beth Israel Deaconess, and then went back to Harvard to obtain a master's in science in healthcare management. In addition to medicine uh, and saving patient lives, his interests include medical education, improvement science, and quality improvement, uh, where he actually serves currently as the vice chair for quality in the Department of Medicine. Um, that's pretty much everything that I know about Dr. Rep. Is that would you say that's correct? It it sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for the kind introduction, and uh, I'm I'm honored to to make the top five, the first five episodes of uh, of the podcast Green Mountain Medicine. So, uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, it's our yeah, pleasure to have you. Great to have you here. So I'll jump into our first question for you. Um, so as we know, you spent the past year as governor-elect, learning a little bit about ACP and consolidating some of your plans for um, for the future. What have you learned during that process? Well, I've learned a tremendous amount in that process, to be quite honest. And, and I'm a little embarrassed to admit how uh, little I've known about some of the um, workings of the ACP. Um, even as an active member prior to becoming governor-elect. Um, and so I, uh, with, with the hope that, uh, you know, I don't induce too many yawns, I'm going to share a little bit of, of what I've learned. And I think some of them, are, I hope, will be uh, useful tidbits as well. Um, I'd say, you know, the ACP, I think, looks to be the professional home for internists. And, mm-hmm. and as such, has such huge variety of resources, um, and services that it offers, and it's really it's hard even as governor to keep track of it all, um, of the breadth of that. I mean, I think it ranges from teaching and education-focused stuff to really clinical practice resources, guidelines, um, obviously academic stuff mm-hmm. with the annals, mm-hmm. um, to you know, policy and advocacy, which obviously is a big arm of the ACP. Um, and I guess it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, but it is definitely a reassurance that the ACP as a national organization is super well organized. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm just going to describe very briefly, uh, the organizational structure of the ACP, if it's okay with you guys. No, please. I, I don't think I know that much about it. Um, so Again, starting kind of at the member level, members are 
part of chapters. And most of those chapters that are state level, some larger states have several chapters. Um, Vermont obviously just has one chapter. Um, state chapters have their own committees, their own councils. Um, again, for Vermont, we have a council that's comprised of our committee chairs, student representatives, you guys, thank you. Uh, that's right, resident representatives. Um, and uh, that helps really me do my job. Um, you guys counsel me like you did last night on our phone call about uh, how we manage our budget, what our priorities should be. Mm -hmm. um, and then as governor then, I serve on the Board of Governors at the national level, and we meet twice a year. Okay. And we do a bunch of things, but among the things that surprised me over the last year is we spend a lot of time reviewing resolutions, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but debating resolutions and talking about resolutions, and, um, and then make recommendations based on those meetings to the next level, which is the Board of Regents. And the Board of Regents is really the board that manages the national ACP, uh, manages the budget, is the main policy-making um, board. Um, and their members are elected from the Board of Governors and the Board of Regents. Um, and their final decisions on these resolutions um, determine the priorities and policies and direction of the ACP. And so then they allocate the resources um, to affect whatever resolutions mm. uh, are passed, essentially. Okay. So you really, in your role as governor, you kind of have both uh, an upward-facing role and a downward-facing role in terms of both being involved with uh, initiatives, resolutions on the national level, but then you're also the... Uh, the kind of leader of of what goes on at our at our state level. So, it must be a. It sounds like there would be a lot to learn in in terms of take taking on that uh, position, um, even over the course of the years. I bet there's a lot to kind of consider. Yeah, and I think again, yeah. I, I feel like I knew a lot more about our Vermont chapter than I did about the national workings. I, I think I was mentioning even before we started the podcast how surprised I was at how much time we spend on the resolutions at the Board of Governors yeah. meetings. And and um, and it's here, too, been a, um, a fascinating and also kind of warming process uh, uh, process of seeing the resolutions because it, this is, and these are members who see some, some problem, um, some problem healthcare system, some problem with a specific disease condition, something mm. that they want to do something about, and they want ACP to um, to take some action around. And then they draft a resolution, and a resolution is pretty much a statement of, like a brief statement of a problem, and what they think the ACP should do about mm -hmm. it as an organization. And then submit it to their chapter, and that chapter then if they, they usually revise it and submit it to the Board of Governors for review. And then, again, it's debated by all these thoughtful, well-educated, highly informed 
people with various opinions. And so the discussion is so interesting to hear this whole diversity of opinions trying to to come to some consensus around it and then um, forward it to the Board of Regents if it gets approved. I think one of those that you guys have already discussed was the debate around the USMLE yeah, step, right. uh, you know, whether or not that should be graded or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Probably the most controversial resolution for uh, students anyway. For students, mm-hmm. at the st- yeah, at the time. Well, you know, and the student resident council was the one that brought that forward to the Board of Governors. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, again, that's, has been a fascinating evolution to see. Definitely. So uh, now that you've uh, been serving for a couple months, uh, we were curious about if, A, there were any uh, resolutions that uh, have been maybe coming out of the Vermont chapter, or just also, what are some of the initiatives that you've undertaken uh, now that you're in full-fledged governor role in terms of uh, managing our chapter? Um, So we haven't had, that I'm aware of, uh, any resolutions come out of the Vermont chapter in the last few years. Um, And I'd love to see... Vermont take a little more active role um, and when you ask about initiatives um, in thinking about what we would want ACP to do um, if there are different priorities. Again, I feel like ACP is doing so much great stuff right now. And when I look in terms of their policies, they often have already addressed what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. But I think there are a number of areas where we as Vermonters uh, could think about how we might want to direct or help prioritize ACP initiatives. Yeah. And, uh, so I'd be excited to take on the challenge of trying to shepherd a uh, resolution through the Board of Governors uh, process. Um, in terms of other initiatives, um, and you guys, I think you guys are the model for uh, initiatives, but I think uh, communication has been a big one. Yeah. Um, and you two should, and I'm not just saying this because you're interviewing me for a podcast, <laughs> but that's part of it, really. Yeah, uh, uh, But you two should take huge credit. I mean, we now have an active Twitter account um, at ACP underscore Vermont, if I'm yeah. not. Yeah, that's it. If I'm wrong. Yep. Great. Um, and, uh, again, I look at it daily, see what you guys have posted. Mm-hmm. Um and then, of course, the podcast here, which I think is really um, has has been a great advance in terms of communication and engagement, and I think has interested students and residents and uh, and full members, you know, faculty and community physicians. So, um, so kudos. Um, you know, in terms of uh, other initiatives, um, I think a lot is just trying to build on what's already been done definitely this is it's a little intimidating in fact because we've had such great leadership Mm -hmm. over years um that uh, i just want to make sure you know we don't regress too much (laughs) but um but but i think you know building on the foundation of a great um chapter meeting um, so making sure that stays relevant stays engaging for students and residents Mm -hmm. and um and practicing physicians um, across the state, um, I think is going to be key. Um, again, shameless plug that 
Dr. Moyer, Daryl and Moyer, who's the CEO of the ACP, yes. will be coming to our chapter meeting on October Very 11th. Very exciting. Um, and then we were talking a little bit last night, even on our phone call or on council call, about engaging younger members. And that includes students and residents, but mm -hmm. also um, early career physicians. And um, we've applied for some funding uh, and received a little bit of funding to support some initiatives around that. So um, something in the resident student domain, some funding to support uh, the student um, poster competition at the, at the Vermont chapter meeting to support the winners to go to the national meeting, which will be exciting. Yeah, everyone's very excited about that. Um, LA Tacos, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I think in terms of councils here, um, we haven't had an early career physician council, and I think trying to get one up and running would be helpful. Um, and also activating our hosp hospitals council to really engage hospitals as well. So those are th some of the future initiatives I'm hoping that we can we can get done. That sounds terrific. It sounds to me like a lot of these initiatives kind of, uh, they sort of um, surround the idea of community, right? Like a hospital community or a community for early career physicians. Um, what do you think, what do you envision um, the early career physicians or hospitals or students will get out of ACP membership? I think there are a number of potential benefits of ACP membership for, and I, you know, I probably would um, list them by each group. And, you know, s students, I think, um, they have resources through ACP from everything from studying for USMLEs and, you know, how to prepare well on the wards um, to having a network of physicians that are interested in engaging with them and uh, potentially. Yeah, I just got an email about uh, five tips from ACP, how to prepare for residency interviews. And there you go. You know, it's, yeah. it's not too far away. So <laughs> yeah. And they know what I'm thinking about. So anyway, that was, that was a good little reminder to, uh, of things to come in, in, uh, in our medical school careers. Absolutely. Just a, just a shameless plug to any program directors who are listening right now. Uh, <laughs> don't forget about us. <laughs> And then residents, yeah. I mean, residents, I probably, the first thing that they would say is mix-ups, and obviously mix-ups right. from an educational mm -hmm. perspective is a, um, an ACP product. But again, I think it gives them access to resources and a community, even a community of generalists and subspecialists that they could um, access to get advice or coaching potentially. Um, in terms of early career physicians, um, and you guys mentioned this already, that I think having a community of similar early career physicians, um, understanding what the, um, what the trials and uh, tribulations of being an early career physician, but also, you know, what are the joys of being an early career physician? Um, ACP actually has a whole um, list of resources specifically for the early career physician. And again, you know, I talk about the overwhelming uh, resources that the ACP provides. 
but includes things like um, leadership training if uh, they wanted to pursue uh, a certificate in physician leadership. Mm -hmm. um, so there are a whole number of, of resources that um, that are accessible to early career physicians as well at a national level, not to mention kind of the local community, I think, provides a lot of support. Yeah, and actually one other thing that maybe just for our listeners' uh, education is that uh, even Matt and I's first years got some uh, support uh, from the ACP just in terms of running our internal medicine interest group, and they provided some extra funding to help us uh, get more involved and, and run some events. And so it really is, they're, they're doing so much to help kind of the spectrum of, um, of doctors or not, and doctors in training um, to, you know, kind of be the best uh, uh, internal medicine physicians they can be. So it's, it's, uh, it was heartening to get involved with them that early. And I think that's part of what's carried us to be where we are right now and be, uh, uh, trying to keep keep this relationship, or keep this uh, stay involved as we are, and try to extend this involvement to other uh, people in our community, at our at our student level, and and beyond. When I, you know, and when you say, and just expanding too, I think this is on, on one of your earlier questions, like what did I what have I learned as governor yeah. or that and. Um, and what resources are out there to support uh, early career physicians? Um, you know, I, there were just a few highlights of of things that I've learned that um, that might be relevant, mm -hmm. and and those also support later career physicians as well. Um, but they've had a really big focus over the last few years on wellness, on physician wellness. Yeah. Um, They've had they've trained wellness champions, and for example, Dr. Eldekar Hine mm -hmm. uh, was trained as a wellness champion at ACP, and so she's our chapter wellness champion. Um, and they've been doing a lot of advocacy around trying to promote physician wellness and prevent burnout. And I think right. uh, preventing burnout through things like reducing, trying to advocate for reducing paperwork burden. They had this patients before paper. They have a patients before paperwork uh, initiative, um, and I feel like we talk about the advocacy a lot of the ACP, what they do at a national level, but um, we don't get to necessarily understand what the results are. And one of the most recent things um, that I feel like is a really tangible result of ACP advocacy and leadership not just ACP, but ACP was one of the loudest voices here, mm -hmm. was at, in the Medicare 2020 proposed physician fee schedule. And I know this sounds super dull, but it's it's um, it could be life-changing yeah. for the practicing internist or internal medicine subspecialty in the mm -hmm. outpatient mm -hmm. setting. The fee schedule is looks to really... Um, advance reimbursement for a lot of the outpatient cognitive visit types and does things like um, reduce the documentation requirements for each of those. Like if you're going to bill uh, 99233, um, the documentation requirements are significantly reduced mm -hmm. in the proposed fee schedule, which again sounds like it's a little thing, but could be huge in terms of that general internist who's seen 
you know, 20 patients a day. Uh, and the other thing they've done, which is one of the craziness in, in the prior fee schedule is has been around time and you could only bill on time with very specific limited instances. And in the proposed schedule, you can bill on essentially whatever time you spend trying to care for that patient that day, which makes a lot more sense yeah. to me. So just tangible things, I think, that have really resulted from specific advocacy from the ACP around specific issues. Um, and again, I hope that a lot of those get carried through and, and get adopted in the Medicare 2020 fee schedule. Um, Great. We mentioned, uh, oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to move on, but if there was something else uh, that you had on that topic. No, I was just going to be like, in terms of highlights, I was like, curbsiders, and, oh, we, we've talked about it too. Yeah, it's I mean, true, I, I yeah. I think a lot of people don't know about curbsiders still, which is an internal medicine podcast, mm -hmm. which is super fun to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, and I, have you guys, do you guys know Dynamed? Yeah. Yeah, you guys know. Just, uh, occasionally, yeah. 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 And again, a free, I would say it's kind of like up to date, um, but it's free through the ACP. Yeah. So again, those are things I, like, I now use all the time. Like I'm listening to curbsiders all the time. Yeah. I have Dynamed on my iPhone now. So it's almost like as a member, you and if you actually start to use these things, they can make your practice or your work so much better. And like you almost they become so kind of ingrained into how you, your your workflow that um, then you'd really miss them if they were gone. But but it's kind of hard to uh, or maybe it's our job to kind of explain to non-members or people who could, who could benefit from this, like just how worth it it is to um, explore some of the uh, resources that are available to them. But at a very, at a very low um, commitment or low kind of, or not having to reach too far to access all these things. I mean, it really just becomes being a, it's all about being a member. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say, you know, um, from the perspective of a student, Looking at the ACP, I find that its role as an advocacy organization appears to be particularly uh, valuable, especially in, a, in, in an environment now where uh, Congress is often in gridlock. And I think people might lose sight of how difficult it can be to make small things. Like you mentioned, you know, anything that uh, could reduce documentation or you know, might decrease the incidence of carpal tunnel in our colleagues. <laughs> um, those things take a lot of effort. And it's, it's good to know that there's uh, an organization that we're part of that can fight for patients' rights and stand up for each other. And for physicians, too, and for, and for students and, and residents. Yeah, I'll take this yeah. moment just to mention uh, and to remind our medical student colleagues out there that student membership to ACP is absolutely free. Good plug. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you actually, at least for Vermont students, you actually earn a dollar for our school if you become a member. So there's really no, no reason to hold out. One more slice of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So maybe shifting gears a little bit, um, just in kind of reference to um, talking about how, as governor, you've gone to some of the, you've gone to the, the Board of Governors meetings and you've, uh, I imagine have met with the governors from different states and you kind of see um, how some of the bigger state uh, chapters or groups of chapters operate um, and versus maybe some of the smaller states in Vermont being one of the smaller states what would you say is, is are some of the um, 
the strengths to kind of having everything, everyone, um, or being a smaller state chapter? I think there are a lot of strengths just in our chapter itself from, uh, you know, I look at our membership and just the, the overwhelming expertise there is in a diverse range of fields. I mean, um, the commissioner of health and a prior commissioner of health are in our membership. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, best-selling authors from, uh, you know, books around practicing rural medicine, uh, in our membership as well. So it's really it, to see that exciting breadth of um, expertise and interest is is fantastic. So I think for a small state, uh, that's one of our one of our strengths certainly. And like you said, I mean, I feel like one of uh, two of the distinguishing features of Vermont. It also I feel like are distinguishing features for our our uh, chapter, and one is the sense of community. Uh, and again, I feel like we have a pretty unique sense of community among our chapter and our chapter members have a, a unique commitment to their own communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the other thing I say, and just remarking on, on moving to Vermont is, is the palpable democracy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and that as citizens of such a small state, we can, you know, talk to our neighbor who's our legislator, um, that we, you know, can influence, I think I should say, um, can inform um, policy and uh, activities um, in the government that I, in a way that I haven't experienced before, in a way that feels, again, very, very real real and uh, connected. And so I think those are two strengths of having a small, a small state in a small chapter. Yeah. And I do think that, and, and we've touched on this in maybe other episodes as well, like just the, uh, the close-knitness of our medical community is really, um, so it's just a benefit in terms of uh, trying to accomplish things, but that you don't have, um, you know, one voice or one, you know, region that totally dominates. I feel like there is a, a lot more... Um, equity in how we go about our decision making and that we can talk to each other kind of in um in some more informal settings or just like there is that there's that professional relationship and for a lot of us there's the personal relationship and we're all um which makes uh these discussions go much more smoothly um yeah i would say too one of the remarkable things about our chapter is for such a small chapter and such a small population, how um, how active and influential we've been at the national level with the ACP. Yeah. And again, I, um, I, Jan Carney's work with the Health and Public Policy Committee at the national level has resulted in a number of, uh, she's been co-author and involved in a number of important policy statements out of the ACP. Mm-hmm. Well, I think of, Mark Levine, who you know, has served, recently finished his term as on the Board of Regents. Or, of course, Virginia Hood, who was ACP president a few yeah. years ago. So it's just remarkable to me to think, well, what a national prominence we've had for a small chapter. Yeah. Great.
Um, now, on the flip side, uh, we can imagine that uh, being the smaller state chapter does come with some challenges. And what are some of the things that you've identified uh, now in your uh, tenure as governor that are things that our chapter can work on to uh, really live uh, its full potential? Great question. I think I think you hit the nail on the head in saying I think a lot of the challenges, or as I like to say, opportunities, opportunities. for improvement. Yep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, to you speak euphemistically, um, come from our small state, our small population. I should say our small population and pretty geographically scattered um, mm. population. And um, you know, I, I think. The same is true for our membership as an ACP committee, as an ACP chapter, and we're pretty scattered, um, and um, it's a pretty rural state. And so it's just, it's hard to get everybody together. Yeah. And so yeah. things like a dinner meeting, which might work in, you know, Boston, uh, just wouldn't work in Vermont to get everybody together. Um, I think we rely a lot on a core group of a small, relatively small group of individuals to really run the chapter. And again, it, it's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to recruit just because there's not a large population of, of physicians mm -hmm. uh, in the state to recruit from in terms of taking on more roles in the ACP. So I think it's limited what we can do in terms of the number of committees that we can support. And then just from a very pragmatic standpoint it limits our budget and obviously a lot of the revenues come from membership fees right. and um so you know we we have a much smaller budget than a lot of chapters in a new york city chapter for example mm -hmm. and so um we have to be much more mindful of our budget and so you know a few hundred dollars here or there might be nothing for some other chapters and actually mean something for us yeah. when we celebrate you know $200 to support a residency activity or something like that. It's great. Um, I think, as we mentioned, I think there are opportunities to engage early career physicians, opportunities to engage hospitalists a little bit more. Um, I think there are opportunities, and you guys have brought, you know, gotten a lot of great ideas uh, to um, continue to think um, creatively in terms of what we can do as a chapter, as a small chapter. And then I think there are opportunities to continue to leverage the expertise in right. our chapter um, and to to have a bigger national influence or to have a continued national presence and influence. And again, we've talked about the resolution process as, as one example. I think there are many examples. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Dylan and I, uh, we've seen just from within our class alone um, how much talent and uh, inspiration there is among people here at, in Vermont in the medical profession and um, yeah it'd be awesome to have more students and more faculty more more uh, people in healthcare engaged with uh, with this chapter and as a little bit of the idea behind this podcast is for mm. grab some listeners yeah, Shame, shameless plug well I will say again I'm not sure I said this before but it is definitely one of our strengths is um the uh, energy and activity of our student members. Um, it is certainly one of our strengths, and whether that's, you know, 
students advocating for high value care or social justice or whether um, there's great ideas about how to promote communication like podcasts mm -hmm. and, um, you know again I think there's just such a diversity and of activity that's again I think a true strength of our chapter even though we don't have a lot of student members mm -hmm. uh, we have very active and participatory student body right I'm always looking for more um, so on that note actually Dr. Rep could you comment on how um, local members of the ACP can get more engaged with the chapter? Um, Absolutely. I, I would say there are probably three levels uh, I would divide it up to. And, and, and one is just, um, as an ACP member, just simply connecting with one of the council members or with me, it would be great. I'd love to hear from members about what you think as a chapter we can do to help support members more. And I mean, I just gave an example, someone emailed me an idea for the um, chapter meeting mm -hmm. um, and wanted to make sure, you know, was interested in a certain topic from a public health perspective. And I emailed Mark Levine and asked him, boy, do you think you can cover this in your talk about public health? And he's like, oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That would be a great thing to cover. So, um, so again, that kind of input about what they want to hear what members want to hear or what um, kind of support members need uh, from our chapter, I'd, I'd love to hear. Um, it's alan.rep at uvm.edu. Alan, A-L-L-E-N. <laughs> um, I guess the next level would be getting formally engaged in chapter activities, and that's in chapter councils or at the chapter meeting. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be as basic as I'll be a poster judge for the poster competition. It's one hour of time, and it's a really fun activity. Yeah. So, um, to again getting on one of our new committees, whether that's our early career physician committee or getting. I mean, Jan, Dr. Carney is uh, going to re-energize our policy committee as well, and so get oh, a little bit more yeah. activity around advocacy. So. Again, if people are interested in policy and advocacy, um, we're going to repopulate that committee as well. So um, at the local level, um, again, lots to do. Would love, would love people who are uh, interested in, in getting involved. And then finally, at the national level, I would say probably the easiest way to inform that is the resolution process. But there are also national committees that are open to membership at large. And they have an application process that's online. And so, again, there are a bunch of national committees which really do shape and inform the national governance. Um, and so that would be another way that members can get involved. One thing I actually that just popped into my mind that I'm curious about is if there is a way for uh, all ACP members to get access to some of the resolutions that are uh, currently being talked about in the Board of Governors or the Board of Regents, because that could maybe, if in reading that, if something really speaks to someone, they could try to take on a more active role and just where, where one might find a list like that. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, the, it is online uh, for ACP members. And in fact, uh, if you go to the ACP website and um, just put in their search resolutions, you'll get to the resolutions page. And in fact, 
um, if they are logged in, the, they can comment directly on the site oh, on great. each of the resolutions, and it will come to me um, in aggregate in terms of their comments. And so um, that's one one way that they can comment on the resolutions that are going before the Board of Governors. The comment period does end, I think, relatively soon for mm -hmm. the fall Board of Governors meeting. Okay. Um, and and uh, and again, I absolutely welcome and love input from membership around the resolutions. We talk about it as a council, but it's rare that uh, that other members really like chime in and mm -hmm. say, "Boy, I, I think this one's a great one. We should really support it." Or, "Boy, I, I disagree fundamentally with this one." Mm -hmm. I think they do do a good job of of condensing the issue into a palatable couple of sentences so if people even just want to get a short idea about some of the things that are being talked about that's a great place to start and it's really great to know that you're have your uh, line of communication open to hear from the members of our chapter perhaps the uh well i guess one other thing we can mention is that the maybe the easiest way for some local members to get engaged would just be to meet other members um such as a such as our upcoming statewide meeting on October 11th at Stowe. So don't forget to register. Um, and Dr. Rapp, thank you so much for, for your time with us. Thank you guys once again. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it was great. So, great having you on Green Mountain Medicine. That's it for today on Green Mountain Medicine. I'm Matt Sai. And I'm Dylan Conduction. And thanks for tuning in. If you found our discussion enjoyable, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ACP underscore Vermont for more podcast updates.